Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Mobile One Radio Le Mans, 91.2 FM, energy to perform. Mobile One Radio Le Mans, 91.2 FM and around the world on RS1 and RS3. From Le Mans, another Le Mans 24 hours, Pascal Vassalon, uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing. The build-up is nearly complete. Are you ready to go racing? Uh, we are halfway through the build-up. Uh, we have done six hours, we have four hours of practice left, and um, as we have seen yesterday, many things can happen. How important, though, really and truthfully, is qualifying here at Le Mans for a 24-hour race? Yes, all right, 62 cars, the most ever, but still eight and a half miles. There's a, quite a lot of room out there. Uh, I think we, in fact, we don't bother at all about um, qualification or qualification position. The only thing we, we target, in fact... The only interest for us to be possibly on the front row is to get out of trouble at the start. So our view on qualifying is just in terms of risk management for the race. The qualification position itself has no influence whatsoever on the race result except for the risk management at the start of the race. Now, it's been a long road to get here. Um, We're looking at a, a race where... You guys have to be very disciplined. Uh, there's been a quiet dignity about what you and Toyota have done. Uh, you are the last man standing in terms of the teams in, in LMP1 Hybrid, but that doesn't guarantee anything here at Le Mans. No, I, I was asked just before if um, the fact that this year we have clearly closer competition, whether it was raising the excitation, uh, I have to say I'm excited enough just by the race itself. Uh, the challenge of the race itself is, is far enough excitement because, yes, we, we have seen uh, at least three times in the past years we had the performance, we had the fundamental reliability, we had good race management, and we failed three times when we had everything to, to, uh, to succeed. And, in fact, uh, why we failed? We failed for reasons very specific to this bloody race. It means things completely unexpected, completely out of control, which put you on the back foot, and if you are not completely prepared, if you are a bit unlucky of things which are outside the range you can repair, you are in trouble. And this is why in the past really two years we have fundamentally changed the way we approach the race. Uh, we have stopped piling up mileage just for the sake of doing mileage and we have spent a lot of time with the team handling unexpected situations, causing fake problems to see how the team reacts and uh, uh, even if we are sure that we have not covered all what can happen what is certain is that now when a problem happens it's not the end of the world for the team they are somehow used to hear "Mm, we have this or that wrong on the car please it's a state of mind it's a mentality exactly It's, uh, it's just not being scared by a problem a problem becoming yeah, part of the job. This is a big difference because in the previous years, I think in the mind of everyone, a problem was the end of the world. Yes. And then when we, you have this emotional approach of a problem, you don't perform well mm-hmm. to handle this problem. Hopefully, we have improved that. 
we've done a bit of number crunching and when I say we I mean Paul Trustwell our statistician because he's the clever one I just talk uh, he reckons that if the race goes full green all the way through which of course it probably won't but if it does and everybody drives pretty much flat out all the way through that your cars win by 28 minutes now that sounds a lot in normal motor racing that's nothing here you can't afford any slip ups uh, 28 minutes it's uh, yeah it's uh, the time you you need to uh, to fix a, a middle sized problem let's a middle sized problem i like the way that you you look at that which goes to prove that with le mans nothing is ever certain because you're racing the circuit but also for me i always say to people when they say oh, how can you get interested in le mans you're racing the most difficult uh, competitor of all time yes it's a uh, that's probably why uh, engineers have with Le Mans a relation of uh, hate and love, probably. <laughs> you have to love Le Mans for all the, the, the good reason uh, you know. And engineers can sometimes hate Le Mans because you, it's the most important event of your season. And it can get out of your hands for many, many reasons which are not under your control. Engineers love to control things. Over a season, a racing season with 10, 15, 20 races, you get what you deserve in the end. Yes. For Le Mans, you can be the well prepared and fail. And that's what engineers hate. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They tend to like to work in straight lines, don't they? When we're talking about engineering, we talk about mostly the people at the track, but there are all of your technical partners as well, as well of which Mobile One has been a part since the very start. Uh, of, of the programme how important are their commitments to your ongoing success? Uh, of course here we are talking about bringing a package which is at the top level which is one of the necessary uh, conditions and it's only when you have ticked that box that you can dream about the, 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 the other uh, uh, box to tick uh, Mobile One is one of these partners which allow us to come with a package which has the potential to dominate. And here it's something which starts a long time before because when you want to capitalize on what brings a partner like that, you need to really initiate the partnership at very, very early stage to make sure that your engine, your gearbox is developed to maximize the advantage you can get from these partnerships. And that's a very good point, of course. We think of Mobile One as the engine oil, but the other lubrication that goes on, and particularly with the stresses and strains of hybrid and hybrid gearbox and, and the powertrain here, they're working with you throughout the whole of the drive-thru. Exactly, and uh, uh, sometimes, yeah, we, we, we focus on engine, but in fact you have lubricants everywhere. And uh, lubricants have one very important property, which is that they participate to the efficiency of the and gearbox you have some hidden performance uh, in the gearbox because if you have a top class gearbox with an efficiency of 98 percent or you have a so-so gearbox with 95 you have three percent of engine power mm -hmm. which is gone in heat into the gearbox and this is where we are really happy to get support from partners of the class of mobile one because we can chase these hidden gains mm. and we're talking about very small incremental gains there but gains nevertheless what about the future what about the future of, of toyota we know you're back with tso 50 next year is there much more development to come on the car or is that stationary now is that being frozen 
Now we are, um, we will be soon out of the super season. So uh, homologation wise, we have a new window opened to develop our cars and we will uh, do so, essentially bodywork. We, we have planned a bodywork upgrade, which we will start testing uh, beginning of July, very soon. Then the prologue in Barcelona and then there we go with, uh, with uh, Silverstone. So definitely some upgrade, mainly bodywork oriented. And then we have to wait and talk about the future when we know what the future will exactly. look like. We have to wait for Friday, uh, Friday morning to know where we go and uh, how bright the future will be. Well, I hope you're going to be part of it. I always enjoy our chat. Pascal, thank you. Let's see. Let's wait and see for Friday morning. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.